बच्चों को बिठाना प्रारंभ कर दिया है कितना बड़ा अपराध कि पुरुष घर में सो रहा है रजाई ओढ़ करके और महिलाओं को आगे करके चौराहे चौराहे पर बिठाया जा रहा है जिन्हें मालूम ही नहीं कि सीए क्या है वे लोग धरने पर बैठे हैं आप पूछिए उनसे जाकर किसी से भी क्या आखिर क्यों धरने पर बैठे हैं तो कहते हैं घर के मर्द ने कहा कि भाई हम में इतनी हम इतने अक्षम हो चुके हैं कि कुछ कर सके इसलिए तुम ही जाकर के धरने में बैठ जाओ ओके सो गजाला द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन आई वांट टू स्टार्ट विद इज व्हाट इन डीड इज गोइंग ऑन विद मुस्लिम विमेन राइट these muslim women led protests that are happening all around the country and particularly in delhi multiple places including of course shaheen bagh um is it more than just the caa the nrc um which of course has been at the center of a political storm for well over a month now well the word that comes to mind and we keep listening all the time about these protests is unprecedented so it is unprecedented that so many uh, women and especially muslim women have come out um, it's also obvious from the clip that you played that it has really uh, shocked certain quarters as well uh, to see such numbers come out and protest um i think it would be safe to say that it is not just CA and RC and PR protests that have caused this suddenly out of the blue that there was a build up to this that there were various uh, various other issues that uh, had piled upon and created a certain kind of discontent amongst the masses including women and muslim women within that uh, that have caused this so yes i would say uh, that it is not just this but definitely this is probably the last straw that broke the camel's back all right so you're saying that it's not just the ca and the nrc that you're saying that this has you know sort of a straw that broke the camel's back i'm wondering whether you know you can tell us a little bit about the book that you um you know that you wrote and it was based on research that you had led uh where you had held workshops besides of course having interviews with uh, scores of young muslim women so what really are then muslim women protesting about uh well the core issue i would say is one of representation so muslim women in these protests are out uh in the public sphere discussing various things 
voicing their opinions on uh, this law, how it is discriminatory, etc. But various other issues of uh, targeting discrimination. Uh, in all of this, what is uh, unprecedented is the fact that Muslim women feel that they have always been misrepresented by others in whether it is in public sphere or it is in media or it is in academic writing, just a general sense is that whatever they hear about themselves right. doesn't really capture who they really are. Right. So when you're talking about misrepresentation, what you're actually talking about is how they're being represented in the public, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of like the media, in terms of what we tend to the narrative that we tend to create about Muslim women, right? Right. If you were to, for example, put yourself into shoes of a Muslim woman, you would realize that, uh, uh, you know, you're already spoken for. And when you listen to some of the things that are said about you, it's completely astounding. You're like, you know, that doesn't really fit me. It doesn't really describe me. Uh, so I think what, what is happening is that Muslim women, through these protests, are also getting an opportunity to really say who they are and what are the things that they care about, what are the things that are of importance to them. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, in fact, this is something that we're seeing happening even now. Uh, there is a narrative being built about Muslim women, um, you know, not having uh, the political agency to decide to protest. Uh, there is a narrative being built about them being told to go and, you know, uh, occupy these public spaces and have these sit-ins, hmm. right? And in fact, what this also, the, the flip side, of course, of this coin is that, um, you know, they're actually really vulnerable. They need to be protected. They really don't know what they want. They can be easily led. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many corollaries that one can draw from this kind of a narrative. So what do you think about I think that if uh, there are uh, any myths or stereotypes about Muslim women that are being shattered uh, through this movement, one of the foremost would be exactly that, that they are not agentic beings, that they don't, uh, they can't decide for themselves what to do. Uh, one of the foremost, uh, you know, uh, sort of icons in these protests has been the Shahin Bagh uh, protest. Where, for example, for anybody uh, who's really clued into the debate, we know that almost every day the discussion happens there amongst the protesters, uh, whether they should continue the next day, whether uh, the form of the protest should change. Hmm. And it is the women themselves who, uh, interestingly, are adamant that a representative from the government should come and meet them. And that is when they will, uh, you know, raise the blockade. So I think uh, they've, they've shown pretty clearly that they have agency and that they are the ones who are in charge. Right. Although there aren't many uh, faces Right. Uh, that could be recognized as leaders. So it's a collective that's really uh, taking charge of uh, the events as they unfold right in front of us. Right. But, you know, even while there is a collective, I think that one of the other narratives that we all tend to uh, believe and a kind of a trap that we tend to fall into, and this is probably true for any community, uh, it is that we tend to see the community as a homogenous whole. Right. And so we tend to see Muslim women as a homogenous whole, mm -hmm. whereas 
they're really not are they yeah yeah so the stereotype about muslim women would be that all of them are victims of islam victims of muslim men themselves and um you know even within feminist uh, circles the debate has been on for many 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 years whether muslim women need to be rescued and uh, many wars uh, on international scenario have been justified because of this very reason that it is the muslim women who are being uh, rescued right. in india also we have seen the same discourse uh, uh, unfold but i think uh, what With is the triple talaq for instance yes yeah, right. uh, yes uh, hmm. muslim you know that constantly hanging sword over a muslim woman's head yeah. uh, that uh, she can be you know turned away any day from her marital home with utterance of three words uh, although as we know that statistics available uh, in public sphere suggest that uh, incidence of divorce is actually lesser amongst muslims than uh, other communities in india so i would think that these dis- these uh, protests also show that there is a diversity amongst muslim women uh, you will see women who are working class extremely poor who are participating in these uh, uh, protests mm. but also uh, middle class women or well to do women are protesting uh, in the sit-ins in the demonstrations marching with students mm. uh, marching on their own with you know lgbt community marking rohit vemula's uh, death anniversary and things like that so so it's all kinds of women uh, who are participating uh, but it would be uh, i think you know there's also another discourse which is slightly sympathetic hmm. which says well you know they have now come out right so it's almost as if muslim women were cooped in somewhere and finally now they've been and now they're doing something found their voice utterly new that they've right. never even thought about and like that's it's not true bolt out of the sky suddenly right. Right. definitely that's not true i think uh, in drawing room conversations everybody has been aware of various uh, legal wrangles the passing of various uh, you know uh, legislations that have been perceived by muslims and uh, other citizens as being discriminatory as being oppressive there have been various other incidents in the last uh, uh, 5 years especially the incidents of lynchings have been uh, very high this uh, sense of being discriminated against in a targeted manner mm. that experience of being a targeted minority also binds all kinds of muslims together but interestingly it is that binding thread that also allows them to empathize with other identities that are discriminated against for example at shahin bagh when mm. the uh, kashmiri pandits uh, visited on the day that they observe as exodus day mm. and shahin bagh you know women protesters were not really cognizant of that mm. they brought it to light and it was uh, organically uh, possible for the women protesting uh, at shahin bagh to extend their solidarity to kashmiri pandits as a minority which was targeted and and had to leave a space there's that immediate sense of empathy that they could you know extend to them right and Sim- not just the kashmiri pandits but as you clearly mentioned also very rightly mentioned students and students. other kinds of marginalized identities or at least identities and groups that are feeling targeted but i want to also you know draw this to then the i think what is a very important point that you've made which is that we have this stereotype right of the muslim woman who is either vulnerable you know or doesn't know 
you know, has agency or doesn't have agency. So what do you think really are the Muslim women doing in terms of the stereotypes that we have of them? Do you think that they're actually breaking these stereotypes, Ghazala? I think in one way, for them, it is it was always that, that their stereotypes are just that, they're stereotypes. And they always knew that there was a, a way to counter this. But I think these this movement of people actually coming out of their houses, claim the streets and uh, protest collectively about shared values that are put forward by the constitution of India which also embody women's worry about the future of the republic or the future of the next generation, their children, mm. which comes from the caregiving roles that uh, women also perform amongst various other roles, mm. that they are then also getting an opportunity to say, this is actually what we care about. Mm. So I think in that sense, it is uh, really uh, something that is knew that's happening. So it's not that they've never really said this. But as I say in my book, that an act of speech is not completed unless somebody listens to you. So we're finally listening. So we are finally listening. Wonderful. And on that note, thank you so much, Ghazala, for joining us. And I hope the listeners enjoy what you've heard. We'll be back soon with our next Burning Gender Question of the Week. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red Dhamini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HD Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.